Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are in a series exceedingly abundantly, and the last two weeks we were having a sub-series within the series called Pray Without Limits, and uh, didn't Devin do a great job last week? We are so, so blessed to have amazing communicators and ministers here at the house. I believe that his message was from the heart, and I believe that that is so important as we bring the word, is that it's not just something we talk about, but it's something we're talking that we're living out, and so that is what I know that Devin did last week, and um, I am excited to see the fruit of praying without limits in our body, because I do believe it changes things. Uh, we are in Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 in the Exceedingly Abundantly series, and this year, that's been Pastor Stephen's word, vision for our church. He believed that God gave him in the beginning of the year, and we have been unpacking that and unfolding that this uh, 2021, and um, I hope, and I have seen a lot of fruit from this message. I've seen our personal lives go to the next level as I see exceedingly abundantly happening in your families and with your jobs, with your homes, and I have also seen it unfold and unpack through the ministry here at the house. Uh, he is truly exceedingly abundantly. He is doing something so much bigger and so much greater than we could ever try to do all by ourselves. And I'm so grateful that we get to do this with him. Uh, but let's say this together. In Romans, it actually tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, you know, if you haven't ever taken that step to, to say the word of God out loud, as you study and personally spend time with the Lord, I would encourage you to do that because proclamation is very powerful. I believe it's a physical step. It's a biblical step for us to speak out loud the words of God when we read them. It doesn't mean that I read out loud all the time. It just means that there's times where I use that in my time with the Lord to build faith because that's what it says. It says it produces faith in our lives. So y'all read this along with me out loud. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So now we're in October of 2021, and I don't know about you, but generally I kind of start landing the plane. This is kind of winding down this year, and it's easy to get an autopilot. I'm thinking we've done it, and I already kind of know what to expect and predict for the rest of the year. But one of the things I believe for the house is that the Lord wants to remind us that he's not done in 2021, that he still has exceedingly abundantly in our lives in these last three months. And so I don't know if you've ever watched a video that, you know, it'll tag on the social media. It says, wait to the end. And I don't know about you, but I'm the one that will keep scrolling because I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, I don't have time to watch the whole thing. So, but if it says wait to the end, I'm like, oh, there's something that I'm not expecting that is about to happen. And so I actually caught one of these moments with my daughter this week, which is my daughter whom is a prankster. 
and she is always behind a corner jumping out at us. And so she is like, probably if you get points for scaring people, she has the most points in our home. And so she loves to do that. And, um, and so she has been that way since she was an infant. She loves to tease and joke and prank and uh, all in good fun, thankfully. But I actually got to catch her this week. She was singing in her room, and so I started videoing her cracked door which is nothing, because I was going to send it to her dad. And um, I wasn't anticipating to, <laughs> for her to open the door. I was just catching her song, because there was pieces of it. She has a lot of potential. I'm like, okay, we could go somewhere with this. Uh, and so I wanted to invite you into uh, this video, but wait till the end. Okay, can you all get it up? Okay, so it's priceless. It's actually a longer video of just the crack door and her singing. But that was just my favorite part of that. It was not intentional. But once I grabbed it, I, I was like, oh, this is going up for your birthday for sure. Uh, we're posting this. And uh, so actually, thankfully, with her permission, we uh, showed that with a little bit of bribe for Seven Brew. <laughs> But what I want to encourage us to is that I want the church, the house, to not predict the end yet of 2021. I believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly all beyond what we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And I believe there's still prophecies to be fulfilled. I believe there's still people to know that Jesus cancels sin. I believe there's still hurt people that need love. I believe that there are still churches being awakened and people uh, getting inspired by the power of God. But I also understand that that is conditional to our willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to do his job in our life. It's when we are able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I will listen to you. I will be guided by you. I will learn from your teaching. I will hear your voice. I will be comforted in my pain, and I'm going to let you do your powerful work within me so that I can see the exceedingly abundantly through me and around me. And so I do believe it's so important for us to answer the call by obeying his leading. So far in this series, um, we have, we're going to continue to dive into how this works practically in our lives. And it's hard for me to say practically because the world wouldn't call faith practical. The world would call faith foolish. But yet as a Christian, we believe that the stories in the Bible are not just fairy tales, that they are stories for us to model our faith after, where we can say, if Noah can build a boat when there's no rain, I can obey God, even though the world may think I'm crazy. When, okay, so for instance, if I can read a story about Joshua walking around a wall for seven times for the walls to fall, then I can do what God has asked me to do. And so today, and in this series, we're going to unpack Abraham's life and how he answered the call. So my assignment today is answer the call. So Hebrews eleven eight says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was, not, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, 
not knowing where he was going. That is a big deal. This is a big portion of this scripture. I don't know many people who are going to get in their cars without turning on their GPS. Like that is not the way we roll anymore. Okay, so I don't need you to describe how to get to my house or to get to your house. I will just GPS it. Okay, so I, I will not get in the car not knowing where I'm going, but I will always GPS it. So here Abraham is uh, going out not knowing where he's going. Genesis 11:31 through 32 describes a little bit about where he's going. So Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So today we're going to talk about three important thoughts to consider when answering the call of God on our life. And so the first point is, is that we have to recognize who is, call, who is calling us. And I don't know about you, but do you answer the phone every time it rings? <laughs> it's amazing because we have these uh, ability to know who's calling us. And now we even have on our phone the uh, ability to see if it's a spam risk or what state it's from. And so it's really easy because now we have choices. Okay, we have choices to miss the call. We have choices to decline it, ignore it, block it, or accept it. And so when we talk about answering the call, we really have to challenge ourselves. If God is calling, are we answering? Because just because he's calling doesn't mean that we haven't blocked his voice, missed his voice, or ignored it. You know, for me, I... Uh, the first job out of college that I got was at my church answering phones. And so it started out, it was a very busy ministry. I was, you know, answering phones. That's what was my job. But the longer I was there, they kept on giving me more and more responsibilities. And so my job actually got to manage a lot of things. But yet what happened was, <laughs> is the phone kept on ringing, even though I had more responsibilities. And so every day I would end so frustrated. I'd be like, if the phone could just stop ringing, I could get my job done. And I remember I would come home from work and Stephen would be like, you were hired to answer the phones. And I'm like, but they also gave me all of this other work. And so I feel like I have PTSD when the phone rings because of the fact that I had those two years in the office where the phone rang off the hook and did not allow me to get anything done. And so, uh, you know, that's what I feel like sometimes we can easily say, okay, Lord, this is important, but I have this other important thing that came up and I don't really have the time uh, or I won't be able to get this other thing that I'm doing done if I stop to hear your voice right now or to talk to you. And so I think it is important for us to make sure that we don't allow our relationship with God to be contactless. You know, in this society, we're looking for contactless payment, contactless key fobs, contactless, you name it. If it's contactless, we're like, yes, please. We don't want to have to touch anything. We don't want to have to get our key out of our purse and put it in the ignition. Like, we want it to just be contactless. And so Abraham was known as a friend of God. And so he actually heard God, took his call and he had a relationship with God. 
He had contact with him. He didn't have a skewed perspective of his father in heaven. And we talked about that two weeks ago, about how our physical relationships on earth can skew our relationships and the way we view our relationships in heaven. And so we have to make sure that we see, okay, Abraham took the call of his father in heaven because he had a relationship with him, and he knew that that call was important and it had something good. Like God had something good to say to him. God had something good in store for him. If he was going to ask him to do something, it was going to be something for his good. And so he does want a relationship with us. He, he isn't a busybody. He isn't a spam risk. You know, and in this world today, we have so many voices trying to call for our attention. You know, people want to define their own definition of what is good, right, fair, and noble. And there are so many voices in politics and power, personalities, social media, you name it. We're listening to things all of the time. And so what I would encourage us is, is that we have to recognize whose voice is calling. And we have to discern and decipher who we are going to listen to because we get to choose that. We get to choose whether we are listening to life or we're listening to death. If we're listening to God's promises or if we're listening to the despair of this world. And I know that you may be sitting there thinking, Katie, you don't know me. You don't know my situation. I am so unable to hear God and to do what God's asked me to do. Or I'm so, I have a past that would keep me from being able to really walk out something that would impact others. Or maybe I have, you don't know all the responsibilities that I'm carrying, the weight, that the bills that I'm facing, the, the children's illness that I'm having to walk through. I don't know what it may be, but there's many things that can often cause us to devalue and discredit our ability to hear God and to listen and to obey. And so that's what I believe that he is wanting us to discern what's his voice and not allow the I can'ts to be where we settle. You know, it's basically, there is somebody in this room that could say, I'm barely making it. I can't, I, I, I can't even go there. I can't even hear God right now or do what God asked me to do because I just need to take a step in front of me. But I want to encourage you that the Lord is speaking to you and he is directing you and he has something in store for you in where you are, even if you feel like where you are is hopeless or is not going anywhere. So one of the things about this story that's so important is that I believe God is telling us, don't settle. Don't settle. And I do believe that's exactly what Abraham's father did. He said, I will settle in Haran because it's good enough. But yet God had Canaan in store for him. God had the fulfillment of the promise in store for him. But instead, his father settled in a land that was not his. And we get to make that choice too. See, we can settle where it's comfortable, or we can listen to the call to obey and leave our comfortability. Because he doesn't use perfect people, he uses willing people. Abraham was a man like you and me, and he was willing to listen to the call of God, to hear God's call, and to go where he didn't even know where he was going. 
He was willing to step out in faith and know that the world will think I'm crazy, but I'm going to make the step that God's asked me to because I know when I build something on behalf of him, it will be something that is fruitful and eternal. You know, I don't know what God is calling you to do, but it may be inviting that coworker to your dinner table. You know, maybe your neighbor isn't ready to be invited to church because they have a lot of walls put up or they seem really cold. But they may go to dinner with you and sit across from a table with you and begin a relationship that may change their whole life. You know, I think that it's easy to say, I don't want to make a step in my family towards reconciliation because I know it can't, it just seems hopeless. It can't change. It can't get better. But then yet, that is where God is saying, hey, you don't know where it's going to end up. I'm just asking you to make the call. I'm just asking you to take the step towards reconciliation and let me direct the journey to the ultimate outcome. You know, he may be asking you to get out of debt or to stop overspending because it's stealing peace and and hope and joy out of your home. And there can't be any rest because you are stressed over finances. And that may be the area that God is saying, listen, I want you to take a journey with me, and you don't understand how to get there, but if you will take one step after another, I will take you there out of debt and into financial freedom. You know, I remember the time where all my kids were doing well in school, and my daughter got sick, and I had had people recommend that she homeschooled for a season, and I knew it was a practical thing that we needed to do, but I was fighting it because I had homeschooled for a season, and I didn't want to homeschool again, and I remember the Lord continuing to speak to me, and, and there was a multitude of counsel because more people were like, this is what you need to do, but I did not want to do that, and I was at a stoplight praying, and I know that I know that I know that it was the Lord that said, do this now for this season. He showed me the vision of what I was supposed to do and what was going to happen if I didn't do it. And even though I was so hesitant, because honestly, I didn't want to do that, I knew what that meant. I knew the price that it was going to take. I knew how much it was going to cost me. I knew all of those things. But it's just like this, and nobody would have judged me if I wouldn't have done it. Nobody would have said, you're disobeying God. It would only been something that I knew that God told me to do for this season, for this child, and this is what needs to happen. And that's why I think it's really important that every one of us, we come together because we all need to meet the Father. We all need to accept forgiveness. We all need to live free. We all want our purpose to be fueled. But then after that, there are individual things that God tells individuals that may be different than the person sitting next to you, and that is okay, but it's still our responsibility to obey God, even though it's between him and us. Because sometimes when we first walk into our relationship with God, there's some things that we obey God because we know everybody's watching. Like, I'm not going to say that because someone's going to know that I just walked in the flesh. Okay, but then as you continue to walk with the Lord and he begins to speak to us, there's some things that he speaks to us individually that if we don't obey it, nobody will know. It's just between us and God. And I believe this moment for Abraham was that. If he wouldn't have gone, nobody would have known. But yet the generations that have been impacted since Abraham obeyed 
would have been impacted negatively. And I do believe that one of the things here at the house is that we live our lives knowing that everything we do has a generational impact. We are wanting to make an eternal difference in this world. And so you obeying your individual call from the Lord, what he's asked you to do is really important to the bigger picture. You know, if he's asking you to make the house your home, maybe you're thinking, you know what, my job is going to take me somewhere else in a couple of years, and so there's no real reason to commit to a church. Or maybe I just don't know if I have the time in my schedule to be here. I would encourage you, ask the Lord, because if he's asking you to make the commitment, to sign the membership, to go to framework, to say, I'm all in, I don't know what that looks like, but I feel like that's what God has for me right now, that there is something on the other side of that obedience. You know, we can miss it. We can decline it. We can block it. Or we get to accept it. You know, second is his call will change your comfort level. Now, the Lord said to Abram in Genesis 12, 1 through 2, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. See, what a great verse. Let's look at this verse, uh, you know, the second part right here. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I think for me, in my position, I have people come to me all the time and tell me what God told them. And oftentimes I'll hear God told me to get married or God told me to um, start a business or God told me I was going to be in the ministry full time or I'm going to go on the mission field or God told me to leave your church or God told me to get a divorce. And so the list keeps going in questionable things of whether God told you or not. (laughs) And so this is what I want to challenge us with is I believe that it is important for us to make sure that we understand that God speaks according to the word of God. And so he is not going to speak outside of what he has stated in, his, in the word, in the Bible. And so I will say this, that if we go to the Lord and ask him something, but our mind is already made up, that there is biblical precedence that he will say, go do it, because he knows your mind is already made up. And he knows that you have to get to the end of that to turn back to him. And so he will allow us to do what's in our heart because he knows that at the end of that, we will turn back to him. That's what his hope and direction is for our lives. And sometimes we have to come to the end of ourselves and make the mistakes to come back and submit to the Lord and say, actually, I'm going to come to you with a humble heart. And even if you say something I don't want to do, I will do it the way you told me to do it. And I think that that's important, and that's why we surround ourselves with a multitude of counselors, the Bible says. We, we read the Word of God, so when we hear the call of God, does it confirm with the Word of God? And do multitude of counselors agree with this? It doesn't mean that I get all of my friends on Facebook to see if they agree. That does not matter. It means that the people that you have put yourself under submission to spiritually— Are those people in agreement with what God has told you? Because I know for me, if I believe God's told you something, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I want you to do what God's called you to do. I want you to take that step of faith. I want you to take that journey. But one of the things that I will help do and Pastor Stephen loves to do and our life group leaders would love to do is to help you understand the process. So, for instance, this is the promise 
The promise is awesome, and this is what's going to happen. But there's a lot of steps in between, and there's a journey to take to the promise. There is a lot of decisions that are, have a lot of faith and courage and, and honestly are bold, like going somewhere you've never been before. I know when I got married, I, I didn't realize what that meant. I didn't realize that 19 years later, my husband would get a stomach bug, and I would need to preach in about three hours from that time. And, um, and so I didn't know I was saying I do to that. But thankfully, he was willing to take me on a journey, <laughs> and he didn't ask me to do that on day one. God is faithful to prepare you to be ready for whatever he has for you. If you're willing to say, yes, I will obey, I will go on this journey, and I will do what you've asked me to do no matter what it looks like. And so I'm super grateful that he gives us that time. But I do want to talk about the fact that, you know, we do have to be careful when we say God says, because that can be used to control something, to manipulate something, or to basically put up a wall so that people won't challenge you. And so we want to always be in a place where if God speaks to us, that we're willing to submit that and say, God, this is what I feel like you've told me, but you can, you can define this. I'm not going to take this and try to define it my own way. I want you to do that part. So we do see in this scripture that he called Abraham out of everything that was comfortable. He was like, your dad settled. God said, Abraham, your dad settled, but you're not going to do that. Abraham was not raised in church. His dad worshiped multiple gods. So this isn't someone who knows exactly what God has for him and like watched this over time through the generations. Abraham was like first generation, I'm going to hear God and I'm going to obey. He was doing, he was making a track on his own. And so yet he was willing to be an alien, a foreigner. He was, he was willing to relinquish everything he had built. He was willing to give up his friends, his family, his, his country. Okay, so I think that that's sometimes what we forget that he sometimes asks us to do. Sometimes maybe you've been walking with God for a little bit, and you feel like an alien or a foreigner in the way that you're raising your kids. Guess what? you got to obey, and you got to get to the other side of that, knowing that the promise will be fulfilled, even if nobody else is doing it that way. You know, it, we've got to be able to say, I will stay married. I will work on this marriage that God gave me. I will give myself to the marriage that I'm in. I will submit it to the Lord. I will obey when everybody else is quitting marriages. Okay, so I'm not talking about whether you're in your second or third or fourth marriage. The marriage you have right now, okay, the one you're in right now, let's give ourselves to that and let God do something in and through that marriage that's contrary to what the culture is producing. And so I think that when we do this, we're going to have people wonder why we're doing what we're doing. If you have a family full of unsaved family members or people who are not committed to church, all you hear is, why are you at the church all the time? Well, can't you come to the lake this weekend? Why do you have to be there at a special event not on Sunday? Why do you need to go there? Why do you want to go there? And it seems foreign and alien-like to others 
and that's okay. Like, it is okay that we feel that way. But this moment that Abraham obeyed God was a rich young ruler moment. You know, in Matthew 19 and Mark 10, this was that kind of moment when Jesus met this man who was very wealthy. And it, he wasn't accounted or credited to be wrong or bad because he was wealthy. That wasn't a big deal. That's not what Jesus was talking about. But Jesus met this man, and he said, I will do anything. What should I do? To follow you, to do what you've asked me to do. I'll, I'm willing. And he said, sell everything you have and follow me. But yet he found out he wasn't willing. He wasn't willing to say, I'll obey you even though I don't know what that looks like or where I'm going. I'm going to follow you and know that the promise will be fulfilled at the end. And so Abraham took this opportunity and he had this rich young ruler moment because he actually was very wealthy in Haran. He had built a large life. He was of a noble descent in this territory and he was willing to do anything and everything to follow God. And I know that even as I raise my kids and I, I teach them lessons and I think I want them to have marriages that are successful and I want them to be able to parent kids in a way that's life-giving and I want them to become mature believers. I just know it doesn't happen overnight. I know the journey is steps. I know it takes years. And so it, I have to constantly remind myself that, hey, don't take a picture right now. Take a picture in 30 years after we've made a lot of decisions towards following God. And I know my son is, a, you know, only 16, but I'm already thinking of things of like, what's he going to do? And these next two years of high school, what school does he need to go to? What programs does he need to be in? And how do we help him be able to succeed and thrive? And I know this last week I was talking to Stephen about it. And I was like, you know what? I think ultimately I trust that God's going to speak to him, and I think it's time for him to hear God and for us to, over safety and with wisdom and counsel, for us to support him in doing what God's asked him to do. Because I know that that will be more useful at 50 and 60 when I'm not in his home than it would be for me to make the decision for him. Like, I was given that opportunity. I remember being at community college and being stopped by God in the way. I sat down on a bench, and I believe God told me, this is not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to take a year off. You're supposed to find a Bible college. You are called to ministry. And I left everything at that moment and did exactly what he told me to do. And I, thankfully, I had parents that supported that and wanted me to do what God had asked me to do. But I know those steps and those yeses to God that I couldn't tell them where I was going to be in 30 years, but I knew what God had told me to do, and that is what ends up seeing a life full of promises fulfilled that I could never have described to you at that moment. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't confident enough. I wasn't talented enough in that moment, and I know my kids are in that same boat as they grow. They're not going to be there yet, but my hope is that they would learn how to hear God and that they would have my support to say, say yes. Even if you don't know where it ends up, say yes. And I believe that for our church body, we're in that same kind of call as we move forward. We're never going back. We're moving forward into a new building. More, more space means more people, means more ministry. And on October 25th, our professional demo is about to begin. 
which is super exciting because if you've been by the new building, it looks 10 times better. We have had so many church members over there pulling trees and mowing and tearing things down, and it already looks so much better than it did. But after October 25th, it is going to be ready to really rebuild. And so it's super exciting. And one of the things I want to invite you to are vision nights. Because that's something I believe that if you believe this is your church, this is your house, we want you to be a part of the vision. We want you to hear the vision. We don't want you to sit in the chairs every Sunday and come in and out and not know where we're going. We want you to come and hear the stories of the lives changed. We want you to be a part of the conversation as we build to go forward. And so we have had three vision nights up to this point. They're so fun, and they're so life-giving. You hear stories of other people's lives being changed and impacted. And then we, we get to hear about where we believe God is taking us in the future. And so I want to encourage you, if you have not signed up for a vision night yet, make sure you go to the next steps room after service and get signed up. You don't want to miss it. I believe that you know, one of the things that we started out with this whole project was is that we're not going to twist anybody's arms. We just want God to speak to the people in this room and for him to put on your heart how you can be a part of this vision. And so I know that you will be glad that you signed up and you'll be glad that you came. So make sure you don't leave today without being signed up for one of our vision nights. But the third point that I want to talk about today is obeying the call will always impact people. Abraham was willing to go wherever God had for him, wherever God led him. It picks up right after the Tower of Babel. And so I mentioned that as we ended worship today. But I do want to talk a little bit about Babel and what it meant and what the culture was like back then. There, was a, there were people on this earth that said, let's all get together and let's build a tower that's bigger than God, that, that reaches up to the heavens. Basically, they wanted to prove that God wasn't that great. They wanted to prove that they were really actually pretty awesome. Okay, so we live in this world that is very much culturally saying that. It's, we have this new religion in our culture, and it's not really new. It's just in a new form, and it's called humanism. And that means we worship ourselves. We worship fame. We worship fortune. We worship the things that meet our personal desires and need more than we do Christ. And so we have to be careful to not get caught up into that culture in such a way that we are no longer aliens. Jesus called us out of the world to be an alien, to be in the world, to show a difference. And that's what Abraham got to do. He got to say, fear and fame is your idol, but God is going to tell me what to do, and I'm going to go do that. You know, he chose God's guidance and grace over human ingenuity. He, he chose faith over facts. Abraham was doing it all different. And obedience, it's not fun. And it's not easy. And it actually takes us on a journey. And there are moments in the journey that are hard. But yet, it's our job to have the faith to say, my God is not schizophrenic. He doesn't change his mind. And when it gets hard, he will give me the grace that's sufficient to help me do what he's asked me to do. 
He has given me his Holy Spirit to fill me, to empower me to do what he's asked me to do, even if it feels bigger, even if it feels hard, and even if I have a list of I can'ts, I'm not going to settle in the I can'ts. I'm moving on to the promised land. And we are, we, at this church, if you've been here even for the last year, you have a, we get a lot of opportunities to impact people. One of the things that, one of the reasons why we exist is to show love and truth, to speak love and truth. And one of the ways that we do that is through our outreaches. So we have our Lights On outreach coming up at the end of the month. And it is so fun every year. It's been tweaked, but we always do something in October. And we always see so many people come out and be blessed. And I want to encourage us as we go into this outreach that, you know, it's not for the purpose that 100% of those people come and sit in these seats. That would be great. But we also understand people are on a journey. And this world, good, bad, or ugly, there has been experiences with church that people have not had positive experiences. They're, they have a bad taste in their mouth. Maybe maybe from a hypocritical Christian they met or maybe from a, you know, just a, a bad scenario. And so one of the things we do with our outreaches is, is that we want to love people in such a way that they have a good taste in their mouth about church and about Christians because we realize that everybody faces ups and downs and everybody faces life's hurdles. And one day someone is going to say, what should I do in this situation? And they're going to remember that church that hosted that outreach. And they're going to say, maybe I should try God. Maybe I should try church. Maybe I should walk through those doors because they welcomed me. They reached out to where I was and they may come in and it may be next Sunday. It may be the Sunday after that or it may be five years from now. But I believe that we are to make an impact on the people around us. And the next way that we can do that is we can prepare our hearts to give during this exceedingly abundantly season. Now, if you come to a vision night, you're going to hear a lot more details about everything that's going on. But one of the things that we do every year is heart for the house. And this is on December 5th. And we always ask the church to go personally to the Lord and ask for the amount that God would have us give sacrificially and individually. And this offering always goes to the vision of the church for the next year. And that's one of the things that I love is that you won't hear uh, a campaign for the next five years. You're going to hear us build this church. You're going to hear us do a heart for the house every year. You're going to hear us take tithe every week. But you're not going to hear us beg for Monday money every week. That's not what we do. We believe that when we teach giving and we teach about where we're going, that's something that opens up the windows of heaven in your life. And it is a blessing to know the principle of giving. It is a gift to us that God has given us so that we are no longer bound by what we hold, but that we have open hands to be able to do whatever God wants us to do with what he's given us. So y'all stand with me as we prepare. But that is coming up. And so as your family prays and as you personally pray, our offering for Heart for the House is coming up on December 5th. And that is a way that we can hear God 
and we can answer and we can obey and we can give. I know today you may be in this room and you're like, okay, that's all good, but I actually don't even know if I know God. And I'm going to go to the first part of the sermon again. And I just want you to know that God doesn't want a contactless relationship with you. He wants to be involved in your life and he loves you and he wants that friendship and relationship with you. And if that is you, this moment during worship, I would ask you to say, God, I'm Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I want a relationship with you. Forgive me of my sins. This is the prayer that can change your whole life. This step of obedience may be very well the first step, the first yes that you take to go to the promised land. And for those who have said, it's been a long time since I've heard God, but I know that he has more for me. He has exceedingly abundantly for me. I am believing on your behalf that your ears would be open, that your eyes would see, that your heart would receive what God is saying. And I am believing in faith that you would have the faith to go beyond your feelings and to go beyond what seems logical and go beyond what people say and say yes to what God is asking you to do. Because I believe the promise fulfilled in your life is worth it. I'm going to pray over you and we're going to get going through announcements and worship and altar ministry. And I do want to give you that opportunity to come to the altars. The altars will be open with prayer and it is a physical step that you can take to say, I need prayer. I either made Jesus the Lord of my life or I need prayer to encourage me to keep going. Either way, that is available and I would encourage you to take that. Lord, I just thank you for this room and I thank you for each person. I thank you right now that your word is yes and amen. So just as a body, God, I just commit to say yes. Lord, as the house, we say yes to you. God, as individuals, we say yes to you. God, we're not going to run from you any longer. We're not going to settle in, in a land of comfortability or I can't. We are willing, Lord. We're willing to hear you, to answer the call, to step out of our comfort zone, and to see people impacted for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.